Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for listening to the hashtag Create Your Earth Life podcast with your host, myself, Janessa Staples. And today I'm going to have a guest on the podcast. His name is Ryan. He is a Christian, but he um, converted from Catholic, so Catholic to Christian. He is also a Christian rapper. He um, is a musician. He plays music that shares the word of God, of Christ. He is a writer. His uh, writing is phenomenal. I looked over his website. I've read his, I guess you could call them blogs. Um, I believe that's what he calls them. And his, like I said, his writing is phenomenal and it shares a great message. So I definitely suggest you check it out. Um, at the end, we will talk about where you can find it, um, his writing and his music. And on the episode today, he is going to be sharing his testimony. He's going to be answering questions, um, that I ask because he has been on this Christian journey for seven years now. So he has a lot more knowledge than me. And as you guys know, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while or the past couple episodes, at least the past two, I believe, I discuss how I am trying to figure all this out, I guess you could say. I am converting to Christian and it's a new journey for me and there's a lot that I want to learn. And I went from, I guess you could say I was practicing new age to now I'm practicing Christian. I didn't realize I was practicing new age because it's so mainstream. Um, so he has a lot of great information. Ryan has a lot of great information that he can share with me and he can share with me from the Bible because he has been reading the Bible, um, for so long that he, knows that knowledge. So I hope you guys enjoy. I hope that this helps guide you and gives you the information that you need um, while listening to this podcast. So enjoy. We can start. Would you like to introduce yourself? Awesome. So yeah. Hey, hello world. And uh, my name, so my name is uh, Ryan Freer, but um, I go by Kosius. Um, it comes from the word precocious. Um, so I am a uh, spoken word artist and kind of hip hop uh, Christian conscious Christian rapper out of, based out of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, so I've been writing for a couple of years, but only in the past, I guess, year or so uh, have I really kind of delved into, you know, the things that we're going to talk about um, and just like kind of Christianity, spirituality and faith life. And so I have um, so I grew up Catholic and then I, uh, I recently converted to um, sort of more to non-denominational Christianity, probably about uh, as good as seven years ago, I think. Um, yeah, 2000, uh, no, yeah, a good seven years ago, think back in time. And so I've just been really just going from kind of Catholic to kind of agnostic back to, you know, kind of more seeing God as kind of like a, a, a way of life rather than, you know, something you just do every day. Um, so that's a little bit about me and based out of St. Louis, like I said, um, and I am a, uh, kind of an artist, um, a poet, um, kind of an author, um, and I just really just enjoy reading about, you know, God and, you know, just growing in the, the Holy Spirit. And that's uh, yeah, how I wake up every day and how I live my life. Can you explain what precocious means? Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Precocious. Yeah. Precocious. So precocious is something that's uh, it's so it's an adjective usually to describe um, kind of a person, usually a young person who is just kind of um, wise beyond their years. If you ever you know heard that term before mm-hmm. or just someone who's just kind of ahead of their time. Um, so growing up, I was always kind of an always kind of a precocious kid. 
you know, I'd be, I remember being like 10, 11, 12 years old and having like sort of, you know, these abstract thoughts about, you know, um, I remember one of the first thoughts I had was about, you know, about racism, you know, I'm 12 years old thinking about, you know, kind of the, where does racism come from? And, um, I, I remember watching the movie Schindler's List, you know, about Oscar Schindler. And I was like, I really like that guy, you know, and I, my mom got me, uh, basically his biography for, you know, uh, for Christmas. And it's like this 800 page biography, like college level reading. And I just started reading through it cause I wanted to learn more about him. So I've always been kind of a little bit more ahead of my time, I think, and just kind of how I see the world and kind of how I think about things. And I'm thinking outside the box basically. Yeah. All right. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. So you have been Christian for the past seven years. Um, what encouraged you to convert? So I, so like I mentioned, I, I grew up uh, Catholic. Um, I started, you know, as a kid, I went, um, then I stopped going. Uh, I probably started going again. So I was more agnostic than anything. Uh, I started going back to the Catholic church when I was about 18. Uh, I went for a few years. And then when I went out to uh, Denver, Colorado for my graduate degree, or I studied economics out there, um, I really started going to more non-denominational churches. Um, so away from, you know, structured kind of religious church, you know, going on Sundays to going to these churches that were really about like being in the spirit. And I remember going to kind of church and small groups and Bible studies and they'd say, okay, who read their Bible every day, you know, the past, you know, every day of the past week. And, uh, you know, for those of you out here who aren't familiar with Catholicism, that is kind of a discouraged thing. So in Catholicism, you know, you you go to church on Sundays, the priest reads to you, kind of tells you what it means. Um, and so going to these non-denominational churches where Christianity was seen as a way of life, as a relationship, as a lifestyle, um, my whole world kind of opened up. Um, you know, I started reading the Bible and started, you know, receiving kind of the spirit and seeing what was in there and uh, getting teaching from God himself, basically. Um, and then so I decided, well, you know, I'm going to get, get rebaptized. You know, I was baptized as a baby, as most Catholics are. But I kind of made my own conscious decision, probably about age 21, 22 or so, to to get become a born-again Christian, as we would say. Um, and so really kind of that exposure to seeing that God is not something that you just do. Like, you know, you know, the other six days of the week, go to church on Sunday, get your God, leave, and kind of do what you want. Uh, but that it's a relationship, and it's a lifestyle, and you have to— it, 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 it's a different pair of glasses that you put on to see the world. And that was just so inspiring to me. Um, again, as an academic at the time, um, I started to see initially the Bible as like, you know, kind of like, uh, kind of like a textbook, you know, I would kind of read it and I would start to get into the deep of the theology of like, Oh, Jesus said this, but where did that come from? And, you know, what does this word mean? And, you know, you have pastors who like talking about, you know, the Greek, uh, you know, translation for words and that kind of thing started getting into that. Um, I started seeing, Christianity as an for intellects basically um, before that it was you know oh Christians you know they're not you know they're not thinkers you know they just do what they're told and you know they're just mindless you know Karl Marx I think called it the opium of the masses um, so going from that to seeing that like Christianity is actually something for very very kind of intellectual people and it can be and um, trying to explain how the world works basically which I learned was there called uh, apologetics um, defending the faith and kind of how you see the world and defending that um, and providing your explanation for how the world works through a Christian lens. Wow. Yeah. That's really yeah. beautiful. The way you describe that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to it. And it's, it's, it's trying to, it, it's taken me a long time to 
find a nice packaged way to explain that. And sometimes I still kind of struggle with it, but um, just from kind of how we're starting here, you can kind of see how I approach the world. It's just very complex. I think in like systems and you know, that sort of thing. Right. Right. It's, okay. Yeah. So you said you grew up Catholic. Catholic, right? What do your parents think of you um, converting? Um, initially, they were just kind of like whatever about it. Um, I remember though when I was about in middle school, I started going to a Baptist church. Um, you know, kind of a youth, kind of a youth group. I think it was like Thursday nights, um, and that was kind of my first actually exposure to to um, to Christianity outside of Catholicism. And I remember thinking at the time, um, I was like, hey, mom, I want to get rebaptized. Like, there's this thing called Christianity I just found out, and it's really cool. And, you know, youth groups at the time were, you know, to you know, be really cool and edgy and have fun, you know, bands and <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but she's like, you know, we're Catholic. You can't be rebaptized. And and so I went from kind of that to, you know, fast forward to, you know, 10 years or so. She's like, oh, well, you're an adult. You, you know, you can get rebaptized if you want. Um my parents had stopped going to Catholic church kind of about the same time we did. Um, so when I first started going as a child, you know, it was like, hey, you know, mom and dad kind of wake you up on Sunday morning. And it's like, hey, time to go to church. And you just kind of kind of go through the motions. And kind of when they stopped, I stopped going. Um, so, th- I mean, Catholicism now is just kind of more an identifier. You know, people who say they're Jews as just kind of like an identifier. It's kind of a class thing. But some people may identify as Jews or Jewish, but not may actually follow the practice. Um, that's kind of how it was in my in my family. You know, we would kind of consider ourselves Catholics, but not like you know going through you know, uh, you know, feasts of different saints and like the rituals and practices and that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, and I never actually thought about that. Um, that sometimes people will identify themselves as like, you know, Jewish. Catholic Christian, but um, they may not actually be putting in the work and like being intentional with God or, you know, who they believe in every day. Yeah. And it just as a side note, that's actually a really important thing, too, that when we when we look at like studies or, you know, if you get into like academics of like, you know, religion and politics, when you go to look at surveys, you know, a question might ask, like, are you Catholic or are you Jewish? You know, what do you identify as? And people might identify as you know, a denomination, like you said, but their pra- levels of practice might vary, you know. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely something to think about. I never really thought about that, that people would identify as something, but not actually be practicing mm-hmm. it daily or weekly or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of runs in the family, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you are a writer or a poet, <laughs> um, musician, and this is how you share the word of Christ. Is that correct? It is. Yep. Yeah. So I've always been kind of a writer, um, poet, again, kind of going to that whole precocious thing really since about um, high school. Um, I took a couple of creative writing classes and I just, you know, I was a reader at the time that probably didn't, you know, that probably helped. <laughs> um, I had journals and journals just full of random kind of poetry. Some of them were short, some of them were long, some were like, you know, love stories, love poems. I just really enjoyed writing. Um, but really in the past few years have I kind of combined that with my love for Christ and trying to, I guess, explain kind of how I see the world, whether it was through journaling or, you know, in, into poetry. Um, that's kind of where kind of my, more of my writing style kind of comes in. So, you know, being a poet, trying to think about, you know, Christ and kind of how I see the world and explaining that through poetry, um, and then putting that with music, 
So I was always that kind of person. Whenever you meet new people, they say, oh, what you, what's your favorite kind of music? And you say, I like everything, you know, <laughs> classic rock, rock, rap, hip hop, opera, jazz, you know, you name it. Um, then the past few years, I'm like, well, let me see. As I kind of grew to be more kind of an intentional kind of person, you know, I was like, what kind of music the most influences me? And it was really kind of hip hop and blues, I think. Um, and I started combining that with 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 writing. And I was like, well, you know, I like, you know, I like hip hop. And, you know, I, I really grew up uh, listening to kind of the conscious rap of the East Coast from the 90s. Uh, you know, people like Big L and, um, you know, Run DMC is kind of more 80s, but, uh, you know, Method Man, uh, Red Man, that kind of thing. Um, I was like, let me try out doing hip hop. And so I kind of got into it, um, started reading people just my poetry and just kind of seeing how people reacted to it. Um, and then kind of combining that with this whole kind of conscious thing, you know, that, 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 we're, that we're kind of talking about today of like, you know, how do we how do I kind of see the world and kind of put in that to poetry? So that's kind of how I share Christ and um, which I think we'll get more more into here in a minute in a minute. Um, but kind of my whole kind of way I approach kind of conscious rapper. I, I don't know if you're familiar with conscious hip hop or anything. If you ever heard heard any of that before? No, no, I don't think so. OK. So it really kind of started kind of in the 90s, um, again, kind of, you know, coming out of the East Coast. And it was a lot of rappers um, were kind of talking about kind of social issues, you know, kind of a, a lot of them, you know, being black rappers talking about, you know, the systems kind of, you know, getting me down, like the, you know, the man's getting me down kind of thing. And uh, kind of putting that into their, to their rhymes and just trying to educate people with like, hey, you know, there's, you know, the politics and the systems and kind of systemic racism. And that's kind of affecting, you know, the us blacks being, you know, pushed into like, you know, projects and things and just kind of talking about all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, I'm sure you've heard the term woke <laughs> being woke. Yes. It, it was essentially um, making people woke through music. Um, <laughs> and it was really popular in the 90s. Early 2000s kind of started to go more underground. Um, so I'm kind of taking that style, putting it back into sort of Christian music where I talk about um, you know, sort sure, uh, kind of politics, social issues at times, but really just trying to cultivate the Holy Spirit in people and just raising their spiritual awareness and kind of consciousness and kind of awareness of kind of the world that's kind of around us. Um, so it can be kind of complex at times, but it's very, very precocious, you know, <laughs> very precocious kind of way of doing music. Yeah. How yeah. long have you been um, doing this kind of music? Um. So I remember I, I did my very first recording, probably end of 2018. Um, I put out an album uh, probably August of last year where a lot of that was actually um, taking uh, the writings from my um, from my journals from high school. So I kind of had all this, you know, backlog of writings I kind of put into some poetry. And but I'm and I'm still kind of doing it today. And I think it's being a lot more kind of, you know, matured. But um, I've been doing this probably for about two years or so, but been writing for longer than that. Yeah. Um, so has the state of the world, how it is in right now, has that like influenced your music um, more rapidly or does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's hard to say if the music or it's hard to say if, if the state of the world has influenced it more or if it's just me growing you know, more in God. Uh, may, I'd say maybe they're happening at the same time. It's just kind of what my what what the kind of spirit tells me right now um yeah because because there's things going on in the world it's 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 hard to say whether you know things are getting 
worse because we're in, you know, the end times or if stuff like this has always been going on, but we're just hearing more about it because of, you know, technology and the internet and our availability of information has increased, you know, you know, wars have always been kind of going on, you know, for centuries, but are they more rapid now or are they just kind of, we're hearing more about it, you know, because of our access to information kind of thing. Um, but there is definitely something to be said that we're in kind of some unprecedented times with like, you know, I'm just going to say 2020 and leave it at that. We all know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 2020 has just been a ridiculous year from volcanoes, earthquakes, you know, plagues, pandemics, stuff in the news. It's, it's funny to say, hey, remember reading about this in the news four months ago? And you're like, that was this year? I thought that was last year, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I think people now are more than ever, you know, so you'd mentioned, you know, people are buying Bibles now more than, you know, more than ever. Um, I think people are always are ha- are seeking, you know, truth and, you know, capital T truth, I call it. Um, they're seeking something. Um, just that one quick thing, you know, I, so I call it the fill in the blank thing. Fill in the blank question. If I could just fill in the blank, life will be happy. Life will be good. You know, if I could just pick up that habit, then I'll be happy. If I could just kick that habit, then I'll be happy. If I could just, you know, not do this, life will be grand, you know. Um, And I think that fill in the blank thing, a lot of those teachings come from Christ. And it's these ancient truths that people have known about for thousands of years. Um, But people want it packaged in a nice way that doesn't have to do with Jesus or religion or spirituality, you know. Um, uh, You know, you can read about, you know, Go look up, you know, go Google like recent findings in positive psychology. You know, you'll find things like, um, oh, s- studies show that people who are, have an attitude of gratitude live happier lives. You know, well, yeah, we've known that for thousands of years. It's called, you know, prayer and, you know, thanking God for waking me up every day and living by his grace. And uh, we can talk about it's like, well, you know, we can scatter seeds and you might talk to someone today. You may not see the benefit of that conversation from, you know, two years from now. Well, in the Bible, we call that, you know, um, evangelism, basically, you know, scattering the seeds and not every conversation is going to, you know, grow into something beneficial, but it might. And just living that life of, you know, servantship, living without expectation, living a life of love. Um, And again, you know, you can go on LinkedIn and see all kinds of, you know, articles about that saying like, yes, this is the best way to do business. I agree. Amen. We've known about this for thousands of years and it's called, you know, intentional living and love. And that's what Christ taught us about, you know, forget the law, forget what the law says, you know, just love yourself as you would love another, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And um, yeah, and that's just kind of how I, how I focus on life. And uh, I think what a lot of people are seeking for, um, whether it's, you know, Buddhism or so Buddhism, Christianity, all these different religions, a lot of them teach the same things, maybe use different words that, um, but I, I remember I, I was talking to this lady, uh, last weekend, I think, and she was, what she essentially said was like, I wish I could, you know, find this religion to subscribe to where I didn't have to explain all the bad stuff that happened in the past. Um, you know, in the context of Christianity, you know, we have the old Testament where there's a lot of nasty things in there, like stories we can't really explain. Like God commanded, you know, the Israelites to, you know, go forth and conquer this army in my name, you know, you know, slaughter this town or this city or, you know. Uh, certain laws in Leviticus were say that slavery is okay, and it's like, well, I w-, and then she was essentially saying like, I'd like to be Christian. I just, I want some kind of religion or spiritual system where I don't have to explain all that nasty stuff, you know. 
Um, and I think that's what people are kind of looking for, just that nice kind of neatly packaged way of kind of seeking the answers to life, you know. Um, but God says it rains on the just and the unjust. And, you know, in the book of Job, it talks about, you know, shall we take the good things from God and not thank him, for, you know, not take the bad also. Um, and that's how God is just and righteous because he gives, you know, bad things to good people and good things to bad people. And we don't really kind of agree with that, you know. We think all the good things should go to the good people and the bad things should go to the bad people. And that will come, you know, in the afterlife when we're judged, you know, after we die. You know? But we want it now. And that's kind of where the prosperity gospel comes in, which I feel like we'll get to here in a moment. Absolutely. And I love how you explained how the whole um, to live your best life, you know, with like being grat- gratitude and um you know, different ways that we talk about things. And you're like, well, yeah, we've known this forever. It's like in the Bible. But I think that is a very new age way of thinking. And people don't realize it because new age is just seems to be so mainstream. So it's like, we need to like do research and we need to see it. And then that's the only way we can believe it instead of just saying like, well, that was like in the Bible, like that's, that was already what it was. Right. Um, And I'm really and I'm really glad you mentioned that because that's uh, so the difference between, you know, kind of new. So new age and kind of, you know, these biblical truths that we've been talking about. Um, my sort of realization of that, and again, it's just kind of my you know kind of opinion until the spirit tells me otherwise, is that I think a lot of people will go after practices like, like yoga or, you know, um, Reiki. Is that is that how you pronounce it? I've always Reiki. Reiki. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stone healing, you know, tarot card reading. Um meditation wisdom i think people are seeking that because they want kind of the gains and the the wisdom sort of the spiritual wisdom comes it comes from it so that i and i you know emphasis on i me so i can have the wisdom so you know i can have the power so i can reach you know the nirvana ethereal astral planes um even paul talks about you know both the book of corinthians you know there are these spiritual gifts um you know the gifts of healing the gifts of prophecy um especially prophecy, like how cool would it be if, you know, if I could just, you know, you know, practice Reiki with these stones and have knowledge of the future so that I could see, you know, have the power and pop. And Paul says, you know, what, what use are all these gifts if, you know, they're not done out of love, if they're not done out of service. And so I think the difference between what we would kind of call, you know, these new age practices and what Christianity has to kind of offer is that new age is focused on the self, you know, you know, I want to grow my own, you know, psychic powers. Um, Christianity says, well, there is still some some truths to these spiritual ancient truths. The difference is that I, you know, talking from the Jesus Christ perspective is that I want you to do it from a place of love. I want you to go and serve and help bless people, not for your own gain, but, you know, for someone else's. And so um, there's actually this this kind of underground movement kind of a, called a holy yoga or faith yoga. Um, I don't know if you've ever come across that before, if that's kind of a new thing to you. Um, but there's this kind of movement you can look up, like I'm saying, Instagram hashtag uh, yoga faith. And there's all these kind of Christians who are actually practicing yoga as an exercise and using it as meditation to meditate on, you know, the Bible and scriptures and like, you know, Christ himself. And I think that's a really, really good way of taking sort of a new age practice and turning it for God's, for, you know, for God's benefit, you know. Yeah, so 
Yeah, I have a lot to actually say about that. I just watched a video yesterday on YouTube, and um, I can't remember the woman's name, but she mm. used to write New Age books, and mm. then she did that for, like, years and years and years, and then she, like, found found uh, God, you know, she converted to Christian mm-hmm. over time. Like she, I can't remember what her testimony is, why she converted, but she did. Yeah. And she started writing books about um, Christianity and like, and y- using her YouTube to discuss why she converted. Um, and she had someone that was a yoga instructor and mm-hmm. she had her own yoga business. And she actually talked about why she stopped doing yoga. So because like, like I, like I, like, you know, I've talked to you already before um, we started yeah. recording that I'm pretty much like questioning everything in my life. And I did used to yeah. do yoga and I enjoyed it. And now that I'm questioning everything, like I've stopped everything and I'm just like right. trying to learn. And she discussed how yoga, so the holy yoga, she was doing holy yoga cause she's a Christian yeah. and she was sharing it and she was doing classes and teaching her kids. And then she started to really do research into it. And yoga, even though you have like the intention, like, and you're thinking about God and you're doing it with scripture and everything, she was talking about how like a warrior one, warrior two, warrior three pose, um, they are all poses. They're all, so it's all Hindu. Like you can't, she was saying you cannot, even though it's physical, you cannot separate the spirituality that comes with it, which is a Hindu practice. Right. Right. And then warrior one, warrior two, warrior three are all positions you put your body in, um, that are ways that Hindu gods have murdered people. So Mm, I'm just learning about this and this is like what I know now, but I'm really like questioning is, is it possible? Like is, is holy yoga I mean, is it good? Is it not? Like, I don't, not or not, I don't, I don't want to say good or bad, but. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just questioning. Yeah. So, so again, um, when we go back, look at, you know, the letters. So Paul has a lot to say, you know, obviously not about yoga, but just on kind of lifestyle practices in general. Um, He says that, you know, all things are good, but not everything is good for, you know, all people. You kind of have to discern like what's right for you. So for, you know, for me example, like, sure, I could go. Uh, you know, I could go, you know, out on a Saturday, go to the bar, drink beer and, you know, you know, not be an alcoholic, but, you know, just go have beer in general for another person that might not work with them, you know, because they have a history of alcoholism or, you know, they have, you know, for some one reason or another, um, Paul talks about it more kind of, um, about, you know, the things you eat. Um, so it's like, you know, not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of it. And he's like, well, not everything you eat, you know, is, is good for you just because someone's good or bad. You have to discern whether it's right, like, like for you, you know. Um, so I've done a lot of discerning over kind of the whole, whole, uh, holy yoga thing. Um, and my, my general kind of, and again, this is kind of my experience with it, is that growing up Catholic, we have, um, I don't know if you've ever heard the term genuflection before. No, I haven't. So genuflection just basically means as a Catholic, when you go into mass, before you sit into the pews, you kind of kneel, you know, there's usually some kind of cross or crucifix, you know, behind the altar. You kneel before that, you know, do the sign of the cross and you enter the pew. You do that before you enter and leave the pew. And so genuflection is just kind of like a change in body posture, um, whether it's bowing or kneeling or standing or sitting. Um, So I would consider kind of a different kind of poses, um, 
in yoga, kind of like you said, warrior one, two, and three are just different genuflections. And the reason that uh, I I am so firm in my faith is because I've you know been a Christian a long time. I spent a lot of time with the Spirit. I've kind of matured in that faith. Um, I personally believe that you know they're just at the time thousands of years ago. Yeah, maybe they were part of a you know rituals and you know worshiping the sun god you know that kind of thing but now they're just you know body poses and for me to be so focusedly intently focused on the spirit um i know that as a christian you know christ has me you know christ says whoever comes into my hand will never be snatched from my hand and i kind of have that confidence and that faith where you know i see yoga as just an exercise you know just kind of the body movements um i've heard some people say that like well you can still do christian yoga but you know don't don't get in the spiritual practice of it. You know, you can still do the mo- movements of it, just not focus on, you know, the spiritual part of it, which is like, you know, the, what little I understand of, you know, the original practice of yoga is again, it's, it's, and I'm trying to reach enlightenment, get to a higher level of, you know, ethereal or astral plane, you know, that kind of thing. When you're just focusing on the spirit, it can actually be a very intimate thing and a, a way to, to communicate with God and have prayer with him. Um, so in my own kind of yoga sort of stretching practices, one thing I'll do is, uh, you know, if ever I'm kind of stretching out, kind of getting into a pose and a lot of people don't take yoga because, you know, it's kind of painful, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no pain, no gain, as they say. Um, one thing that I like to focus and meditate on is like if I'm in a, you know, stretching out and like, oh, this, you know, this kind of hurts, it's sort of painful. I'll take that time and I'll meditate and I'll think about Christ on the cross, you know, his crucifixion, his pain, his suffering, you know, for me. And so. I take the focus off of myself and, you know, my pain where I'm at in that very moment. And I'll think about Christ. Um, and what that kind of does is train my body is like, and my mind and my whole spirit is um, how worshiping God through mind, body and spirit is as I'm kind of going through life, I'm going through times of tension or struggle. Um, I'm conditioned to think about Christ and the cross and to focus on his glory and his gain. Um, and so with all that being said, I would say for people who are maybe new Christians, maybe like yourself and trying to combine it with yoga, um, to find a good teacher, find a good coach that, you know, you want to talk about this with through with more. Um, it's definitely not something that you just kind of do on your own unless you're very, very firm in your faith. Um, kind of like if you were to go take up a sport, you know, golf boxing you know you wouldn't do it on your own you would find a coach someone who's been doing this a long time um and then having that spirit of discernment where like god is this you know is is this right you know for me you know do you because god communicates with us through different people different ways some people it's through music some people it's you know through you know reading the scriptures some people it's you know directly through the spirit um having that discernment of, you know, is this good for me? God, is this, you know, what you want me to do? Is this how you want to communicate through me personally? Um, Because God is personal, personal, but never private, um, as as I once read, and that's really kind of stuck with me. So I don't know if that answers your question. uh, But to your point, there are some parts of yoga where they are still very, very controversial. Um, I think there's this um, practice called Kundalini, Mm -hmm. I think it's called. Um, So some Christians that I've talked, you know, writing, you know, blogs about, uh, you know, Kundalini, that kind of thing, generally shy away from it because it's essentially Pandora's box, you know, of you're opening up this spirit and it's like, it could be demonic. It could be safe. You don't know. And generally that style of yoga, like stay away from that. But if you want to see yoga as like an exercise, just kind of like 20 minutes stretching out in the morning, playing maybe some, you know, praise and worship music in the background and just focusing maybe on a scripture for the day, 
um, meditating on Christ um, as kind of a good, generally safe way to kind of go about it and making it more about Christ and less about you. Because um, again, as I mentioned, I think a lot of New Age practices were about, you know, I want the wisdom. I want to reach, you know, the astral plane. It's, And the last thing I'll say, uh, you know, is Christ, I think, Christ never really talked about enlightenment in the sense that, you know, Buddha did or, you know, the yogis did about like, oh, I have to reach other plan that I can't get to with my humanly body. I don't think Christ ever talked about enlightenment as getting somewhere, you know, other than, you know, heaven. I think Christ talked about more being present, uh, of just being with people, about being somewhere. And the difference between religion and, you know, Christianity is it's a different of difference of doing. I have to check all the boxes so that I can be saved versus like being where I'm just I just want to be present. You know, yesterday doesn't matter. It's already passed. Let tomorrow worry for itself. You know, as the book of Matthew talks about, I just want to be present with 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 my people, you know, the people around me, um, build them up because that's where the kingdom of God is. That's how we bring the kingdom of God here on earth. And that's I think that's what Jesus talked about, what he meant when he said that. Okay. Yeah, I really like that you just talked about that mm-hmm. and I gave some insight about yoga because I'm still very, um, you know, like like I've said, I'm questioning everything. I'm trying to learn, yeah. trying to, you know, be guided and like it's just a little, I don't know, I don't want to say difficult, but um, uh, I don't know, just questioning everything. Yeah. Well, it, and it's definitely okay to question. Uh, so it's special, whether you're you know, new to the faith, you've been in it for years, you know, um, there's kind of this misconception that Christians shouldn't have doubt, you know, because doubt kind of separates us from God. And I think healthy doubt is okay if, you know, you know, if you're in this you know, season for a few months where you're like, God, what are you doing? Like with COVID, however it affects you personally, like, you know, for example, I actually, um, I had a full-time job that I actually lost at, you know, end of March, you know, when COVID hit, company kind of downsized, you know, different financial reasons. And I've been kind of job searching since then. I've been doing, it's actually given me the time to build up Koshis Music, which was great. But, you know, having that steady income has just been really hard. And I'm in this kind of season right now with with God. I'm just like, God, like, what, what is the point of all this? You know, every day I wake up, I was like, is today going to be my breakthrough? You know, if my am I going to be able to provide for my family today? And that's been going on for five, six months. And I'm, you know, you have this doubt of like, what is, what is happening? What's going on here? And you, and through that doubt, you're, you're seeking, you're growing closer to God. And, uh, you know, whether you're a new Christian or not having those faith, having those different questions, having, or seeking, you know, kind of like, God, what, what is all this? What, you know, how, how do I help me make sense of all this? And that's why God sends us the spirit you know, for, for, for comfort, for guidance, to be the teacher, to help us make sense of all this. So as long as you're seeking the spirit, seeking the kingdom of God, all else will be given to you. You know, Matthew six, as he talks about, so, uh, might seem like you're confused, but you're actually in the right place. You know, God has you right where he wants you to be. It's, you know, that's a part of his sovereignty, part of his, uh, um, you know, part of his plan for you. <laughs> and, Thank and through you. this podcast to, to teach other people who are, might be thinking like, Oh, you know, I'm seeking, I must be in the wrong place. And then to find a podcast like this, you're like, oh, they're asking the same questions I'm asking, you know? And and that's how I've kind of approached the conversations with, again, people who are maybe agnostic or, you know, atheist or just general seekers of like, we're actually answering this, asking the same questions. You know, what? how do we make sense of this world that's going on around us? It's like, 
why would a good God allow bad things to happen? And, you're, and I, as a Christian, can say, you're right. I struggle with that, too, you know. And you find that common ground through that, you know, that common grace. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to encourage you through that and anyone else who might be listening in that in that same path. Yeah. Well, thank you. That is really refreshing and really nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Us Christians, we don't have all the answers. We're just trying to find them just, just like anyone else, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Our faith doesn't make life easier. It just kind of makes life easier to deal with knowing that, you know, it's it, God's got it handled. Yeah. So, um, a little bit of change of topic, but not really. Um, we, I, so I, I talked to you before through message about Mm -hmm. how I think of God as like someone that guides me and loves me, takes care of me, protects me. Mm -hmm. But you had said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy one is understanding. So what does that mean to fear the Lord? Great question. And it's actually, again, a very common one. Um, So I, I had the same question when I first started going back to Catholic Church. I started getting to know. And when I say getting to know, I mean, you know, just just barely learning about Christ years and years ago. And I thought, like, well, fear God. Like, why would I, you know, why would I, you know, love someone and fear him at the same time? Like, should I be scared of him? Like, is he just going to smite me if I say the wrong thing? You know, um, and I came to learn that that fear um so when it says, you know, Proverbs 9, the fear of the Lord's beginning of wisdom, mm-hmm. um, it so fear doesn't really mean in the sense of like, you know, you know, the boogeyman voodoo, like, oh, I have to fear God and be afraid of him and like dis- therefore distance myself from him. Um, fear in that context means it's like a holy awe or like a reverence of God, you know, understanding that, you know, God is is sovereign, you know, as a creator, he made this world, he knows how it starts how it's going to end. And he has an individual plan for each of us. And um, just being in awe of, you know, the clockmaker of who orchestrates, you know, the entire universe and the way that nature works and how we all fit into it. And that we actually get to participate in that, you know, as we, as we approach God through Jesus Christ and through the Holy spirit, that we, there's this sense of like awe or like holiness and holy is just basically like an ancient word for like set apart. Mm-hmm. you know, for clean, set apart, you know, unblemished, that kind of thing, that we actually get to participate in God's work, um, you know, just just by virtue of us having faith in Christ. And um, it's just a very exciting thing. And so to have the fear of the Lord's beginning of wisdom, um, coming from the book of Proverbs, so the, the Proverbs is is basically like the book of wisdom, you know, the first seven chapters talks about like seeking after wisdom like a treasure, um, you know, having, you know, the the knowledge of, of the world, of the right way to do things, um, of good goodness and justice and righteousness, which I think we can all agree a lot of people want that kind of knowledge, you know. How you can use it is, again, is a different question. Um, but God being kind of the supreme being that we know of, of the embodiment of goodness and faith and justice and righteousness of, of he, I mean, you know, God already knows everything, you know. <laughs> Um, he, he is the ultimate, you know, wise, you know, being who, who, who brought us to live and, um, to seek him for, for an, even an ounce of that wisdom, um, is just the beginning of wisdom to, to rid our own kind of how we see the world uh, of ourselves and just focus on him. Um, just starting to be selfless, you know, like I talked about the difference between a new age is like, I want the wisdom for myself and, Christianity saying, I want to seek God because I want to bring glory to him and, you know, take the take the pressure off of me and put it on to God, you know. 
um, that's how we kind of approach, you know, kind of getting wisdom. And if you read the rest of the book of Proverbs, there's all these kind of, you know, sayings in there. Um, you know, the wise man is a fool and the fool is a wise man. Actually, I might be more Shakespeare, you know, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think it's, a, you know, all this, all that kind of stuff. Um, but seek after wisdom like a treasure and a treasure is hard to find. You really got to dig for it, you know. Um, you know, the diamond in the rough kind of thing. And you really, really have to want it. And God will promise us to give it to you um, and to speak in love and grace um, to to better serve and to better bless people. But did that, I, I felt like I kind of rambled on there. I kind of got excited. Did I, did I kind of answer your question, kind of give you some way to think no, about it? Or? Yeah, no, it definitely did. Okay. And also when we just think about how, um, um, how new age the comparison i was actually talking with someone about this today how the new age like so incorporating god into um everything that we do Mm -hmm. so even like new age thinking is like to forgive someone um makes you feel better so like we people say you forgive people because um, you should forgive people because you don't want to carry that burden around and it'll make yourself feel better but then in the bible there's the um forgiveness prayer which talks about you should forgive people so god will forgive you right so there's that difference how we've taken god out so we feel better but it's not really about us feeling better it's about us getting giving getting forgiveness from god and going on that path so yeah and it's interesting you say that too because a lot of because because you can take sort of that same answer to that question and apply it to prayer also Mm-hmm. So one of the common criticisms of Christianity is like, well, why should I pray to God if he's this all-knowing being that knows what's going to happen and how it's going to end? You know, do we really have free will if we know how it's going to end? And, you know, can I just kind of, you know, sit around and let God be God and, you know, let go and let God, let God take care of it? And why should I pray for anything? And the general answer to that is kind of in the similar line of what you just said. It's like, well, God doesn't really need us to talk to him, to acknowledge him, to validate him. God is God. You know, he doesn't need our validation the reason he tells us to pray is so that we can kind of acknowledge what we need. Um, and it's more for us rather than for him, you know? Um, so it's, it's kind of like in the 12 steps, you know, the acknowledging is like kind of the first step. So when you go to God and you say like, Oh God, I just, I need this job or I need a way to provide for my family. You know, I need a, I need, I need answers. I'm questioning. I'm just seeking or, you know, that or i mean it could even be celebrating you know obviously of course like like yeah like god we did it like i'm gonna bring glory to you i celebrate your name and everything um god already knows what we need he already knows like what he's gonna provide and when he just wants us to acknowledge and kind of you know surrender that to him um and that's how we kind of empty ourselves and bring ourselves before him you know because um, we need that someone outside of us to because we're biased by our own opinion so we need kind of that that third party um it's kind of like when you read a contract, it, it kind of says, you know, you, there's this right to kind of an arbitrator. It's kind of that unbiased outside third party person to kind of settle any disputes, basically. That's kind of who God is. It's like he's kind of the, you know, the unbiased out there kind of person who can settle any kind of disputes, answer our prayers. And because otherwise we're biased by our own kind of um, way of seeing seeing the world. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, and so I want to go back to um, your writing. I think it's awesome that you are sharing the word of Christ through your writing and through music. And I was reading your website. Um, would you you consider it a blog, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. There. So Cocious Music is kind of my music and kind of the the record label. The music kind of 
uh, sort of hip hop kind of spoken word on it. Uh, Cautious Living is kind of like the, all the non-musical stuff. And that's kind of where my blog started. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of a umbrella under the umbrella of Cautious Music. Um, any, whatever messages I talk about my music, I can also kind of relay in, in blogs and like writing and, and, and that kind of thing. But But yeah. Okay. Well, I was reading it over and here is a quote that I really liked and I wanted you to elaborate on it and tell me where it inspired you. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to read it now though. It says, for better or worse, we are the product of our decisions. Our decisions are the product of the systems and environments we live in. And these are the products of people making decisions. As Christians, we believe that people are the product of our Lord and God. We cannot destroy what we did not create. So we must love and love more than people deserve mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah so that um so to start um as i mentioned i went to um i went to graduate school and studied economics and you know we we know kind of economics to be basically the interaction of markets you know whatever i do in you know this market has an effect on you know that market and so essentially i learned to see the world as one big system as one big ecosystem um, we don't even have to talk about econo- economics, you know, we can talk about, you know, kind of, you know, climate change, global warming, you know, if I cut down the Amazon rainforest, what effect does that have on, you know, the animals that live there? And if those animals migrate, what have, does that have effect on, you know, the people and surrounding cities? And so, so I learned to see the world in kind of systems. And so when I wrote that, I was basically saying that, like, you know, we're the product of our, of our, uh, of our decisions. That's that free will kind of talk. Well, where does decisions come from? Well, it's, it's, based on the systems and environments we live in. You know, if you grow up in a nice, wealthy, you know, gated neighborhood, the way you see the world and the decisions that you're gonna make and the ones that are made for you are gonna be a hell of a lot different than someone who grew up, you know, in, you know, you know, low income in the projects and affordable housing, you know, who, because they had to support their family, had to drop out of, you know, high school and, you know, that kind of thing. And so, so the way you see the world and decisions made for you, just kind of a product in your environments and, people generally create those environments you know we you have the urban planner who comes in you know sees a nice big meadow and says i'm going to build a city here and then they start designing and orchestrating and engineering and stuff and so everything's kind of um yeah (laughs) um and so as christians you know we kind of have two options you know christ says love yourself and love your neighbor as you love yourself um and Christ says, those who are not with me are against me. And so um, some people might say that that sort of really binary way of really seeing the world is just a little bit too simplistic. Um, but for me, it just it takes out all the noise, all this relativistic of like, well, I can love someone if these conditions are met, you know, or I'm allowed to hate someone as long as X, Y and Z. I, I, I mean, the world is complicated enough as it is. I follow Christ and what Christ has to say. And so. Christ says, you know, if you're not with me or against me, if you either love me or you hate me or those who come in my name, you know, they will probably hate you. And so, um, so as Christians, we love people. And then by grace, we love people more than deserve, more than they deserve. We go forth to, you know, to I'm sorry, you, you just cut out a little bit. Could you, can you hear me? Sorry. It just yeah, cut out for a little you. bit. Can you, um, so I heard um, that you love people more than you do, they deserve. And then that's like kind of where it cut out. Are you, can you still hear me or see me? It looks like you've paused. 
Are you still there? I can, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah, so essentially, you know, we love people more than they deserve because um, that's where we go forth and we, you know, we serve people. And by doing that, just extending that grace to people, you know, you, the the prayer is that, you know, someone will receive that and say, you know, I, I don't deserve this. You know, I'm a terrible person from this background or, you know, I don't deserve someone to love me this much. And like, why are you doing this to me? It's like, just because you're a person, you deserve it. You know, we're, we're all all kind of trying to live through this messy world and you know you're trying to do the best you can whether you're following god or you're following not and um you know i'm just extending the love and the grace that was given to me by my father in heaven and then then you kind of open up that conversation you know for you know for christ you know, to proclaim you know christ's truth and the good news gospel and so um yeah just giving people more than they more than they deserve um because otherwise we deserve you know death and hell <laughs> You know, um, so just loving people out of that, essentially. Uh, but while we were still sinners, Christ died on the cross for us. I mean, there's no, and that is a whole other separate conversation, just compre- comprehending that kind of grace of someone who would sacrifice himself for that. And then, But the book of Hebrews actually offers a great um, explanation on that. Okay, awesome. And as you know, um, those are all the questions that I had for you today. And I don't have any random ones right now that I'm thinking okay. about. So is there anything else you would like to share that you think would be helpful for others that are kind of on the same journey as me or you or just in general? Yeah. Um, one thing I'd really wanted to share is so a few weeks ago, I met I met this guy um, on Twitter um, he, and he was kind of more in kind of the, you know, what I would call the new age mystic, you know, kind of seeking, um, his Twitter handle is actually seeking truth. I think, um, we just started having conversations. He'd start posting tweets. Um, 90% of the time, I think I agree with him. I was like, Hey, that's a really interesting way to say that. Like, I think I believe that too. And I, I believe it, you know, through, through God or, you know, our, the Christian God, Yahweh. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, I think it's God too. I mean, he didn't say it from a Christian perspective, but just as you know, the, you know, the, the oneness kind of thing. Um, and then so we started having a conversation and he introduced me to this book called putting on the mind of Christ by Jim Marion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jim Marion, he, I think he was a former, um, Franciscan monk and I think he grew up Catholic. I think I, I got his background messed up a little bit. Um, but he essentially writes about like, what was Christ's mindset? Like, you know, as a spiritual person, you know, he saw, I mean, we can kind of both agree that, you know, Christ said some things that were really kind of out there. Not everyone really understood kind of what he was just trying to say, you know. For example, he said the kingdom of God is neither here nor there, and it's within us. It's like, okay, so we're just going to wake up one day. It's going to be a physical thing, right? Like the wall is just going to be rebuilt. And Christ meant like the, the kingdom is of God is at hand within us, and we have to – we come there by being present with each other and loving people. And so Putting on the Mind of Christ I think is a really, really good book. I'm about a third of the way through it for people who are coming from that new age, maybe mystic kind of background and maybe seeing like, oh, you know, maybe Christ is the way, the truth and the light. And so he actually goes through the book in a very kind of methodical way, talking about, you know, what does it mean to, you know, raise consciousness or, you know, raise awareness and how do we, you know, talking about it in a way that doesn't really sound like, you know, like kind of like a voodoo kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's actually a lot of spiritual truth to it. Um, and if you don't mind, I actually have a very, very short excerpt if I could read it. Go for um, it. I, Because I read this and I'm like, there is no better way 
that I can describe what kosher music and what kosher living is all about and it kind of captures what Jim Marion was all about. So it's about 100 words or so. Okay. Um, so just kind of paraphrasing here. He says, in our own society, it is still not generally understood that people, except maybe children, have different levels of awareness, even though most people generally don't assume that others do not. But raising awareness or simply providing information alone will do nothing to improve the human race if the level of human consciousness and spiritual understanding does not grow. In fact, more and better information or technology in the hands of spiritually undeveloped people is generally a dangerous thing. Some might even say it's evil. So it's essential, even from a secular perspective, that simply providing more information is not enough. The goal needs to assist people into deeper levels of inner personal awareness. Government, companies, and private charities can take care of the needed social work that most churches do today. People don't need religion to grow in spiritual consciousness. They could opt for the learning for learning from the wealth of life lessons that will come their way. What people need religion for is to accelerate growth in this consciousness, to speed up our normal snail's pace growth in spiritual awareness. In this way, collectively, we know God's will. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I just thought that so perfectly described what my mission is all about and just kind of what the mindset of Christ was like. And so we can talk about, again, from kind of this, you know, what does it mean to raise consciousness, spiritual awareness? Like, oh, that sounds like some new age kind of stuff. Um, to really grow spiritually, to really kind of kindle the Holy Spirit, as I would say, um, to really start to access these gifts that the Holy Spirit promises. Again, not for our own benefit, but for the glory of God, you know. Um, so Putting on the Mind of Christ by Jim Marion um, is just a really, really excellent book you know if you have if you're a reader you have some time i'd encourage you to kind of check that out awesome thank you for sharing that welcome thanks for having me this is just so much fun you know just kind of getting to go on and on and hopefully hopefully you know there's i said some things you know that really kind of stuck with you or with some other people um just kind of hopefully you had like that light bulb moment you're like that makes sense and it just kind of closed the loop on on everything else um so in the hours so we've been talking about hopefully there's a couple of golden nuggets in there um for you or anyone else listening well i definitely think there is yeah. um would you like to share where people can find your website where they can contact you where they can find your music sure so uh i'm not a hard person to find fortunately <laughs> um I, I generally tell people <laughs> kind of a, a look me up on your fa- favorite social media platform uh twitter facebook and instagram um, I'm also on YouTube. Um, so if you look at Koshis Music, um, it's K-O-S-H-I-Z Music. Um, and then, and obviously, website still this still the same, koshismusic.com. Um, so yeah, you can generally you know find me on there. Um, you can reach out to me you know if you'd like to on there. Uh, if you want to send me an email, if that's more your thing, I'm a CEO at koshismusic.com. Um, and my music, um, I'm I am on Spotify. Uh, slowly trying to get it onto Pandora, but uh, Spotify, I'm on there. Um, it's kind of the main one. Um, but I know not everyone has a Spotify account, so again, YouTube would probably be YouTube would probably be the best place. Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Sure. Well, thank you. I uh, hope to talk to you around soon, and um, yeah, look forward to you know hearing the final outcome of the podcast and kind of sharing it with my own audience as well. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of hashtag create your earth life podcast. And if you are curious where to find um, Ryan's music, you can go to koshismusic.com. So it's K-O-S-H-I-Z-M-U-S-I-C.com. And I'm also going to put this information in the bio of the podcast um, so it can be easy for you to find. And he's already described to you or explained to you um, in the podcast where you can find his music on YouTube and I believe he said Spotify and there may be another place as well. Uh, but you, I'm sure, have heard heard him say it. And I hope you got something great out of this podcast. And if you would like to chit chat, if you would like to be on the podcast, whatever it is, you'd like to contact me, please feel free to contact me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at evolving period writer period Janessa, J-E-N-A-S-A. And when I say writer, I mean like, um, like writing a book, W-R-I-T-E-R. And I hope you guys have the best day ever. God bless.